You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. The Fearless One A lone figure, clad in armor of sky-white steel, walked steadily across the open prairie. His skin was scarlet in color, and two squat horns protruded from his forehead. Across his back hung a broad war scythe, its blade sheathed and hidden. His gait belied no emotion, no story, other than that of a man moving from one place to another. Valrent squinted into the brightness of the midday sun, uncertain of what he saw, yet hopeful. After twenty paces more, there was no denying the thin line of green that lay at the edge of the horizon before him. He had reached that place where the flatness of the plains gently gave way to verdant growth and tall trees. The Green Country In the warm haze of the afternoon, he swore he could smell fecundity on the breeze, the earthy perfume of that vast and fertile land. It was this sight and all that it promised that awakened him an awareness of the great weariness he carried. It had been a long march, nearly two weeks, which marked his departure from the fortified city of Palatzen. The metropolis had served as a hub for the forces whom he fought alongside in the tour of duty that had so recently concluded. He had spent nearly half a year with a regiment of mercenaries, who, like he, had sworn their blades in service to good King Whitaker in his ongoing conflict with the Agloise prince, Mezerthan. As he drew nearer to that green cusp, his mind traced back to a conversation he had shared with another mercenary, an elfin by the name of Waith. "'What do you think of this mess?' Waith had asked, striking up a conversation. They stood in line, waiting to be outfitted after having signed the Legionnaire's papers swearing their allegiance to Whitaker, at least for the present time. Waith was a good ten years older than Valorant, and a well-seasoned soldier by the look of him. A thick, white, drooping mustache hid his upper lip, and he wore a well-crafted helm that bore the traces of countless battles past. There was an honesty about his bearing that shone through his gaze and the crow's feet around his eyes. Valrant felt he could trust Waith immediately, both as a man and on the field of battle. He considered the question a moment, and then replied, The squabbles of petty men will always serve to put a coin in someone's purse. Their cause is not near and dear to my heart, but I am happy to serve.
Waith smiled at this and extended a hand. Valorant shook it, feeling the sturdiness of his grip and the man's numerous scars and calluses. I'm Waith. Valorant, he replied simply. If this King Whitaker is so good, why does he have to pay us to fight? Valorant gave a curt laugh, mostly because Waith's joke was so bad. Waith knew it too. Though little more was spoken then and there, both knew in their individual hearts that the handshake had solidified a partnership that would serve them both well. Waiting in the line with them were folk of all walks and ilk, the novices, the unscrupulous ones, the broken-souled, doom-bound, and some who fought only out of a love of killing. Trust was hard to come by amongst the motley folk who made up the mercenary regiment. Both men knew that many of those around them stood a sad chance of seeing another year. They recognized the same thing in each other. A grit and steadiness born only in those who have survived countless battles. Soon they were fitted in the livery of the good King Whitaker and made their way to the barracks. They would begin their march at first light. Valorant shed these memories as he reached the edge of the forest. There was a stillness that fell upon him when he took his first step onto the open road which led into the woodlands of the green country. He had been expecting it, yet it still caught him off guard. The world was suddenly quieter, and the light was now diffuse and emerald-hued. He stopped there for a moment to breathe in the cooler air of that shaded place, to draw into him the crystalline warbling of birdsong that could now be heard. The peace of the place was so intense as to be disquieting. As he resumed his walk, further memories arose in him, disturbing the tranquility which he had stepped into. Thoughts of the first battle of the tour echoed back to him that brief and intense clash near the river Carnassus. The captain had been incompetent and failed to anticipate Meserthen's cavalry fording the river to flank their regiment. The battle was bloody and fast, and when the chaos subsided, they found more than a third of their forces had been slain. They beat a hasty retreat back to Palatzen to seek care for the wounded and carry news of the defeat. Valorant considered it lucky that the captain numbered among those slain. In truth, he celebrated the death of no one, foe included. Yet a man as callow to the ways of war as the captain would only cost the lives of countless others. Such was a grim practicality that Valorant had long ago become accustomed to. When reinforcements arrived, so too did a replacement for the captain an elfin woman called Mag, who appeared older than Waith by at least several years. She was effortlessly stern, spoke clearly and plainly, and offered little emotion with her words. A scar beneath her left eye traced down below her chin, but it was more her bearing than this old wound that told the ragtag group they were in the presence of a true warrior. Several days after her arrival, she led the regiment in a series of sparring exercises. As much to keep the cell swords in fighting shape, 
as well as to ascertain the prowess of those she led. She strode amongst them, thoughtfully surveying thrusts and parries. If she had come to an opinion about the sundry warriors at her command, one could not see it on her face. Soon she reached Valrant and Waith, who dueled with gusto. Valrant maneuvered quickly, defending himself with great precision, despite the ungainly heft and shape of the scythe, while Waith rained down blows on him with an undaunted tenacity. It was Waith who first noted the presence of their new captain, and within moments they had both come to stand at attention. She looked at them, each, hard, staring with scientific curiosity. Then she spoke. You, she said, gesturing to Waith, and paused, waiting for his name. He delivered it, and then she pointed at Valorant, who responded in kind. Waith and Valorant, you are to be my first and second lieutenants, respectively. They nodded in understanding. This was not the first time either of them had been tapped for an elevated role in the ranks. Follow your instincts. Follow your experience. And above all, follow my orders. Do well by me and this regiment, and you'll see an extra ducat per week in your payout when this tour ends. Both men nodded, finding this proposal agreeable. When she was out of earshot, Waith turned to Valorant, a mischievous glint in his eye, and he asked innocently, I wonder if she'd have an ale with me in place of that extra coin. Valorant shook his head, laughing. Anything is possible. The second clash the regiment faced was on the open plains, south of the Carnassus. Word had come by Aetherhawk one morning that a raiding party of Mezerthan's men rode west across the prairie, likely in the direction of an outpost of Whitakers that lay on the outskirts of his territory. Mag looked up from the little scroll which had arrived, tucked in a pouch borne by the hawk. We march now. Though there were some riders in their force, they were few, so a long day's slog lay ahead of them. They set off across the wide plains. Such peace and quietude they crossed in search of certain violence. Valorant could sense excitement, fear, and nervousness in some of the men around him, more pronounced in those newer to the ways of war. He was well acquainted with the excruciating expectation that could haunt one as they marched through time and place towards battle. Best to stay in the here and now, he reminded himself. One can tire easily, trying to tease out the threads of fate from future's cord. And so the morning passed into the afternoon with the sound of boots on dry earth. Waith had maneuvered ahead in the file, hoping to drum up a conversation with Mag. He found little success, eliciting scant monosyllabic replies from the stalwart commander. Still, she hadn't driven a sword through him, so perhaps his presence was not entirely unwelcome. The day was pleasant enough, though the sun beat down, and sweat beaded on Valorant's scarlet face. 
A cooling wind blew, and a voice sounded from behind him. Is it true? What they say about you, Jal? The man's clumsy tongue stumbled over the last word. Valrant had been expecting this question for a long time now. Frankly, he was surprised it hadn't been asked yet. Someone always asked the question. Valrant continued his march, not acknowledging the man, who then sidled up to walk alongside him. Is it true that you are without fear? That you've never known it? Valorant took a breath and considered this newly arrived inquisitor. He was youngish, lanky, and his words rang with a genuine curiosity, however annoying they were. Better that than malice, thought Valorant, stealing his patience for the awkward visitor. Of curiosity and malice, it was the latter he was more accustomed to. Yes, it is true. Like all Jal, I am born without fear, and shall always be so. He could already sense excitement rising in the young man who strode next to him. Valorant knew the path their conversation would take, for he had had it countless times before. He could sense the novice's hunger for glory and valor. Innocent fancies of a boy had lingered too long and now occupied this soldier's mind. Such quaint ideas were dangerous liabilities when blades began to clash. As if to sum up the totality of these foolish, heartfelt notions, the youth spoke. If only I were fearless. Valorant turned at last to meet the soldier's gaze. For every fearless champion... Fifty fearless fools lay buried. Valorant had not spoken these words harshly, but still the man looked crestfallen. What is your name? asked Valorant. Dirk. Dirk. I may not know what it is to be afraid, but I do know that those who know their own fear, yet do not run from it, are those that live. Dirk looked disappointed, Valorant's words having dispelled the gauzy fantasies which had inspired the young man's dreams. Perhaps now he might stand a chance of surviving, thought Valorant grimly. Dirk nodded glumly, seeming to accept this disillusionment with some grace. My name is Valorant. May the gods protect you in the battle to come. And to you, the same, replied Dirk. They reached a place in the wide expanse where slight rolling hills rose in the distance, occluding the horizon. Mag had ordered two riders ahead to scout, and they returned at a full gallop, with a report that Mezerthan's raiding party had been sighted and were drawing near. The captain ordered a small contingent of mercenaries forward, to take position in their path, led by Waith. The rest of them were to lie in wait, just beyond a knoll that rose before them. 
Waith caught Valorant's eye as he led the cluster of soldiers over the rise and flashed a quick grin below his white mustaches. Crazy old man, thought Valorant, as he nodded amiably to his friend. Mag, astride a beautiful black dun mare, had ridden to the highest point on the hill and watched the progress of Mezerthin's riders as they grew closer. The day had dwindled into late afternoon, and the blue of the sky deepened with the last ripeness of the sun. Valorant had unsheathed his scythe, and called into himself all the peace of that landscape. The solitary figure of Mag lay posed against the sky, a sentinel silhouette. All was quiet. Not a murmur escaped the expectant lips of those strangers who had gathered to fight for the coin of good King Whitaker. The sound of hoofbeats and shouting rose from beyond the hill, and an electricity coursed through the regiment. Still, they held. At last, Mag's strident cry broke loose from lips to awaken the waiting soldiers into a race forward. Charge! Valrant sprinted up the gentle slope of the hill, long legs carrying him quickly. His scythe trailed behind him, aligned with his body so as to not impede his transit. His deft eyes quickly surveyed the battle as he crested the hill. Mezerthin's raiding party numbered fewer than their own force, yet all were mounted on those coarse-haired steeds of large size which the Agloise prized. It would be an interesting fight. Now he was running down the hill, gravity and his momentum carrying him with escalating speed towards the fray. Ahead of him rode Mag. The visor of her helm had been snapped down, and she held aloft a brutish-looking morning star. Behind Valorant raced the drove of mercenaries, a wave of folk pouring over the top of this hill. As he drew closer, Valorant studied the frenetic movements of Mezerthin's men. So preoccupied they had been in their battle with the smaller initial contingent of mercenaries that Mag's flanking attack had caught them off guard. Valorant raised his scythe, letting his velocity carry him deep into the tempestuous throng. He swung the blade in long, glittering arcs, driving wise men back and dispatching those foolish enough not to retreat. Soon he had cleared a space in the rabble which Mag's forces poured into. Mezerthin's riders were encumbered by this sudden influx of foot traffic and struggled to move and regain their advantage. Mag was a woman possessed on the field. Though stolid in her day-to-day -day bearing, here she moved with the intent and cunning of a hunting hawk. She and the mare were one, maneuvering with grace and determination amidst the chaos. One after another, Mezerthin's forces fell before her, and seeing their captain's tenacity, the vigor of Mag's regiment smoldered and then caught fire. Valorant could feel the scales of power shifting. 
soon they would have the upper hand. He let his scythe slip forward in his hands, so it trailed at full length. He had sighted the leader of the raiding party, a large, swarthy brute who sat astride a massive stallion. He set his scythe to swing in a pattern, a fluid ribbon of steel crossing on either side of his body, gaining momentum. The leader turned the bulk of his beast to face Valorant, the imminence of their confrontation dawning on him. His eyes blazed beneath a fur-trimmed helm, and with a deep cry, he kicked his heels into the stallion, breaking into a charge. Valorant broke into a run, his scythe still spinning its doom cyclone, and hurtled towards the fierce man and beast who dwarfed him. The battle around them seemed to ease, as the attention of both sides hungered to see the outcome of this grand collision. Valorant could feel the ground beneath him quake, as the beast thundered forward, and into his scarlet limbs he poured all the will he could muster. The shadow of the horse and the rider fell over him, and he pivoted just slightly, letting the scythe sail high its blade facing up towards the darkening sky. There was an inhuman cry, and gouts of wine-dark blood fell to stain the earth. The trapped warrior gazed up at Valorant's strange scarlet visage, his pointed horns, and those eyes which knew nothing of fear, and threw up his hands in a sign of surrender. He barked an order to his men to stand down. Mag rode up moments later and gave Valorant a quick look that told him he had done well. Tend to the wounded. Any of Mezerthin's men who survived are to be our prisoners. Triumphant, they marched back to Palatson, a line of bound prisoners trailing sullenly behind. As they walked... Valorant could feel the admiring gazes of the other mercenaries on him. This, too, was something he had grown accustomed to, and he ignored the attention. His mind dwelled darkly on the great beast he had slain, and he spoke the words of a silent apology to it. Such were the casualties to be found in any war. He felt a kindly hand pat his shoulder and turned to see Waith, who grinned at him from beneath his whiskers. "'A bit of a show-off, aren't you?' he jibed. Valorant laughed, happy for the interruption. "'I'm just doing what I get paid for,' replied Valorant. The two set to recounting the battle, each sharing their own insights and observations. In the fading light of evening, the sky smoldered shades of peach and cobalt, and Valorant caught sight of Dirk, unscathed, at ease, talking with another soldier. Praise the gods for that, he thought, and on they walked into the night. Now, as he walked, venturing down the road which would take him deeper into the enfolding confines of the green country, he thought of Dirk. The young man had been alive at the end of their tour, likely in good part because of Valorant's continued guidance. 
Valorant wondered if Dirk would heed his advice. It was the same advice he had given to himself, and he wondered if he too would heed it. If he had the courage. The forest around Valorant seemed a balm to all those stories of pain which he carried. Everywhere he looked was a gentle sight, a moment of beauty that put his heart at ease. He passed through a grove of smooth-barked trees, bedecked with tiny white blossoms. The sun filtered through shapely leaves, dappling the path before him with silent, golden sunlight. He let himself fall into a trance as he walked, surrendering to the peace of the land. His thoughts drifted back to the front. Over the next few months, they fought in a number of small skirmishes and battles. The good King Whitaker and his rival, Prince Meserthen, were fighting a war of attrition, risking little and favoring smaller confrontations. In some ways, it was favorable for the life of the mercenary, as both sides were hasty to retreat and cautious in their engagements. Mag, however, was bored of such petty confrontations. She was a war leader at heart, and unlike those whom she paid coin to, she had solemnly sworn her services to King Whitaker out of a love for her homeland, which he ruled over. Her warrior's spirit craved a decisive, meaningful battle. In time, this would be delivered to her, but there would be a cost. With each new battle, Valorant and Waith gained yet more admiration and respect from not only Mag, but also the hired swords. They had seen enough combat that the herd had been thinned of many unfortunate souls who lacked the survival instincts of a soldier, and some who were simply unlucky. To the mercenaries, Mag was a formidable, fearsome leader, though Valorant and Waith were their champions. This ragtag group of strangers was growing more cohesive, and in turn, more effective. Yet none could anticipate the events that would ensue at Lathsu's Pass. No, that was beyond the planning or foresight of anyone. Mag had received a message by Hawk that Meserthen's forces were gathering near the base of the Lathsu mountain range. Mag's regiment and several others were ordered to the pass, their mission being to hold it at all costs. It was the longest march they had embarked on, a week's hard journey from Pallitzen. They waited on the high, windswept pass for three long days, awaiting news of the coming of Meserthen's troops. On the fourth day, word arrived that they had begun their ascent and would arrive at dawn. A heavy and unseasonable snow fell that night, and with the cold came an icy fear into those who fought for King Whitaker. A bright sun rose above the misty pass the next morning, offering no warmth. The night had proffered little rest, and Whitaker's forces were chilled through. Never could they have anticipated the sudden winter that had befallen them. Weeks after the battle, they would find out the uncanny blizzard was wrought by the workings of Meserthen's high sorcerer. But that morning, standing fierce and brave in the cruel light, 
they watched as Mezerthen's troops materialized out of the fog and hoarfrost in threatening numbers. Mag stared across the pass, eyes burning with resolve. Damned be the snow, damned be the cold. Here she would make her stand. A sorrowful hornblast called out across the frosty expanse, and the forces of Whitaker and Mezerthen rushed to meet one another, boots slogging through wet, deep snow. They would have been equally matched were it not for the company of archers who lay in wait, perched on the rocky walls that formed the edges of the pass. In the darkness of night they had taken position in their impenetrable vantage. Wave after wave of Whitaker's forces fell, as Mezerthen's foot-soldiers pressed forward, their offense buttressed by a constant volley of arrows hurled down from above. The battlefield was a turmoil of mud and bloodied snow, yet Mag held fast, utterly determined to hold the pass. By sheer force of will, she remained a salient point of command amid the chaos. Valorant and Waith flanked her on either side, relaying orders and helping to maintain their furtive hold. It was Waith, battle-wizened and spry, who spied Mezerthen's captain striding across the field, a giant towering over the other men. In one hand, he carried a massive black bow bedecked with cruel blades. He swung the weapon before him with a flash and two men crumpled to the ground. Then the brute fell to one knee, and drew a massive arrow from the bucket-like quiver slung across his back. He knocked the projectile and drew the bowstring back. The great bow flexed, looking something like a gargantuan bat, its wings stretched and bent. Then the arrow flew, a dark and heavy missile, hurtling across the turf. It struck one man, and then swiftly another, suddenly skewering them together. One was Whitaker's, the other, Mezerthen's. The ogrish captain paid no mind to this, and knocked another of his spear-like arrows. By now, Valorant too had sighted the villain, and catching Waith's eye, without words, it became clear what they needed to do. Waith gave him a kindly nod, his trademark smile winking from below his curly, snow-white mustaches. Waith drew nearer to Mag, who was leading the movements of her remaining troops with all the fervor of a savant conducting his last orchestra. Valorant broke from the point they held, his trajectory fixed on the giant captain. He let the scythe slip forward in his grasp as he gained speed. His long, muscular legs set him bounding across the snowy field with all the ease of a running deer. He was ready for the first arrow loosed in his direction. He was moving out of its way even before it had been fired. It flew wide, and the aggressor set another arrow ready on his bow. Valrant watched as the captain drew a bead on him, and then paused. It was unlikely he would have time to fire another before Valorant reached him. He watched as the captain's aim shifted slightly. He whispered a silent prayer to Waith. Take care, protect Mag, and yourself for God's sakes.
The arrow flew, a great woody spear, sailing strong and deadly through the chill air. Valrent could not afford to look back and mark its transit, for he was upon his foe. His scythe swung wide and powerful, and the brute captain deflected with the bladed edge of his bow. The movement of Valrent's scythe never ceased, and moments later it whirled back, and with an angry crack, smacked against the longbow. He heard a satisfying twang as the thick bowstring snapped. He locked eyes with the captain, and felt the peace of focused confrontation fall over him. He felt no fear as he brandished his scythe in a posture of threat and readiness. The captain threw the bow aside and drew a long, thin blade from a sheath that lay at his side. The sun above them had at last broken through the chill of the morning, and Valorant felt its warm rays on his crimson face. The captain surged forward, and Valorant swung his scythe as though it were borne on the wind of that high mountain pass. It might have been the silver feather of a passing bird, drifting fluidly through the air. Or perhaps the glint of sunlight on a clear rivulet of snowmelt, as it traced its way down from that high place in the world. And so the giant fell. Valrant raced back across the muddied field. The battle around him was dispersing, and Mezerthan's forces were falling into confusion. As he ran, he marked the place of Mag and Waith, and even in the distance, it was clear something had happened. He approached the hill to find Mag in a crouch, supporting Waith's broken frame. She barked orders to her troops, unable to look at the fallen man whom she cradled. In the aftermath, the story of what had happened was clear to Valorant. Waith had countered one of the brute's arrows, likely deflecting a shot aimed at Mag with his blade. He was riddled with splinters, and great stakes of hardwood pierced his armor. Valorant took him from Mag and brought him to sit against the snowy hill. Waith looked at Valorant with a wry, sad smile. Blood ringed his lips, though there was a grace about the man, even in his present state. Valorant took Waith's hand in his own. They looked at each other for a moment, and Waith, ever unwilling to endure seriousness, cast a glance at Mag. And to think, <clears throat> I was going to ask her to have a drink with me tonight. He managed a grin, his last grin, and Valorant held him close for a moment. Then he let Waith lay back against the hill. The sun was bright above them, and the snow was melting rapidly. As the cacophony of battle died away, the sounds of wind and birdsong began to cautiously return. Valorant knew that Waith would soon depart, and so sat with his friend, listening to his breathing grow slower. Then Waith spoke with the clarity that arrives just prior to the point of death. 
that leveling of perspective which accompanies the experience of the infinite, or of complete dissolution, though perhaps they are one and the same. Valorant, I understand what it is like to be without fear. <clears throat> I, I understand now how you are. And so Waith died with a kind and knowing smile on his face. It was this smile that Valorant now saw in his mind's eye. In his recollections, he had all but lost focus on the land around him, and his senses reawakened to the gentle landscape of the forest. Perhaps it was because he knew this road so well. A familiar rushing sound filtered through the wood, and minutes later he was upon the bridge over the river Boone. He had known this waterway since he was a child, had known its unique voice and its dark depths. The bridge that spanned the wide river was ancient, crafted from great carved stones whose features had been softened into abstraction with time and weather. He stopped on the bridge and loosened the straps which affixed the mighty scythe to his person. He thought of his words to Dirk after the battle of Lathsu's Pass and considered the weapon in his hands. Then, without disgust or contempt, hesitation or uncertainty, Valorant let the scythe fall into the cool, deep waters of the River Boone and continued on his way. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!